And listeners to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. I'm Mark Cook, along with my colleague, Mr. John Ledyard. How are you, John? You know, I'm being. <laughs> Should I even honest? ask that? <laughs> I don't know, man. I went from watching the Steelers almost lose to the Cowboys with half their team as backups to whatever you call that Sunday night performance by the Bucks. So I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not doing that great right now, Mark. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit peeved right now, Mark. You, you see my hair? It's not. It's not as perfectly uh, um, manicured as it normally is. And the reason that is is because I was doing a lot of this all night. Um, yeah. And um, you know, it started yesterday with the Florida State game. I, I didn't think it could get worse than that. Um, tonight's game was officially worse than than the Florida State game yesterday because not a lot of people expected Florida State to win. Um, a lot of people thought the Buccaneers would, even if they did win, it would be a lot more competitive game. This was right. an absolute 100% just embarrassment. It could not have gone worse other than a major injury, which that didn't happen. But other than that, things could not have gone worse for this Buccaneer football team tonight. Yeah, truly, I don't think the Bucs could have dropped the ball any more than they did in this game, Mark. But we do want to start off today's podcast by mentioning our friends over at Manscaped to have not dropped the ball, then they've not fumbled this football season. Football's back, people, and that means it's time to throw on your team's colors and make sure you don't fumble your grooming below the waist. Our partners at Manscaped are here to save your boys from a big hit so you stay clean and take care of yourself where it matters most. Manscaped is here with a surefire touchdown with the best tools for your grooming experience. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer the Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. Here it is right here for those of you watching on the show. The Lawnmower 3.0, the new and improved. This thing does wonders, right, Mark? Should I demonstrate it? No. I, no? Are you sure? No. No, okay. <laughs> this, is why I'm, this is why I'm doing the Manscaped read right here. Okay, all right. I won't demonstrate it. But it does work very well, I will say that. Um, they yeah. should probably change the name of it just the bush hog for a guy like me, because, uh, you know, like my dad had a bush hog on the back of the tractor. Um, you know, I could probably use that, but I will say this, this thing is powerful. You know what I love about it? The best, John, it's got a light, a little light that light. guides you. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm old. Yeah, exactly. I'm old. I'm half blind. So, you know, having that light really, really helps, particularly when you are manscaping certain areas, you don't yes. want to make a mistake. So right. anyway, I don't Correct. know what else yeah. I'm supposed to say, but it's, it's a quiet. Great it's gentle. No, I think I think you're spot on. It's quiet. It's gentle. Uh, they got great products to come with the kit. Uh, their perfect package 3.0 comes with the new and improved lawnmower, waterproof cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, very comfortable, and a mm -hmm. travel bag for you to use when you're done. When we're done quarantining, uh, the perfect three package 3.0 also comes with a crop preserver and a crop reviver to help keep things nice and smooth. And guess what? The best part of this whole thing, Mark is that you can get 20% off right now your Manscaped kit with the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Use that promo code. You get 20% off and you get free shipping. So holiday's coming up. If you're thinking about it as a gift or you know you're, you want to let your significant other know about it uh, as a gift for you, terrific time 
to make sure that happens over at manscaped.com. Use that promo code pewter, get 20% off plus free shipping. And the first 10 people to do this, I don't know where we're at in that count, but first 10 people to do this, you are going to also get a pewter report shirt, a pewter report t-shirt uh, for free as well. Just send your receipt, no information or anything on it. Just send your receipt over to uh, Scott at, via email at, at or SR at pewter report or SR pewter report at gmail. SR, SR, no, SR at pewter report.com. SR at pewter report.com. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Uh, SR at pewter report.com. Yeah. So uh, pewter uh, is the promo code 20% off free shipping manscaped.com and you get a free uh, pewter report t shirt with that. Having said all that, wonderful stuff. We got to talk about this disastrous Bucks performance, Mark. I mean, truly, I mean, I know I haven't been covering the team as long as y'all, but I saw some other people that have been covering the team saying it. And given the level of talent that's on this team that really hasn't been on this team for a long time or maybe ever, this is probably, this has to be like the most embarrassing loss in Bucks history, right? I mean, that, that's not, well, I, say, no, right? no, season, no, 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 okay. no. Regular season. Based, based on expectations and exactly what people right. were that expecting, matters. it when you put it in that perspective, right? A bad it was, team it was, blown out is what is whatever, you know what I mean? You're like, okay, yeah, yeah, like, but a good team, that's crazy. Like, I feel like that's another level of embarrassment, right? Well, it, it is. It was, it was. There's just not anything good you can say about this game other than what I said earlier that nobody that we know of suffered any significant injury. But here's what I'm going to say first, and, and this is going to cover it all. We can just close the podcast after I say this, John, because this is what it boils down to. Well, coaching, that's part of the uh, Game Changer article that's up right now. You can read that on pewterreport.com as soon as the podcast is over. But I've said it a thousand times, and I'll say it a thousand times more. The team that blocks and tackles the best, has a good chance of winning a football game. The yep. Buccaneers can accumulate as many skilled players as they want. If they cannot protect the quarterback, whoever it is, whether it's Jameis Winston, whether it's Blaine Gabbert, Ryan Griffin, or Tom Brady, they will not be able to go very far in the playoffs if they make it in the playoffs because the the blocking was not good, and, and they didn't do a particularly good job of, of, of tackling on the defensive side of the ball. Football really is a simple game that coaches tend to overcomplicate sometimes. But I, I don't I don't you know I I thought this ranking of the Buccaneers offensive line the last few weeks was a little bit of fool's gold because I've seen these guys and I've seen good games and I've seen bad games and, and the lack of consistency. And yes, they went on a decent streak there where they didn't give up many sacks. Uh, and they only gave up three today. But um, for people who say pressures don't matter, that's wrong. Tonight showed that pressures absolutely matters on the quarterback, whether you you know sack him or 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 you or you disrupt him. And and the difference in this game was the Buccaneers got zero pressure on Drew Brees, zero. And yep. Tom Brady was constantly harassed the entire night. Those th th that's just the, that just sums up the entire game. Now there's plenty of things we'll get into more specifically, and, and I know coaching is a big thing for you, um, John. And, and you wrote your game oh, yeah. changer, and and you know I thought I thought it was really good. You made good points, and you didn't hold anything back. You didn't write over emotional, but yeah, you called out the coaches for for what it was. It was it was bad. It was uh, on, on on in every aspect of the game. Todd Bowles, Bruce Arians, and Byron Leftwich. Um, we won't beat up Keith Armstrong too bad this week on special teams, but uh, well, it was just bad. I mean, I just don't think you – know, to me, whenever I'm analyzing a game after the fact, I always start with coaching. Did coaching put players in positions to succeed? And then from there, you kind of I kind of work to, 
okay, did players succeed in the times when they were put in position to succeed or did they not? Or what were the extenuating factors if they didn't? And so trying to analyze it through that lens. So I have to start with coaching and you really can't get much further once you start with coaching in this game. And it has to start with Todd Bowles. I mean, it is egregious that Todd Bowles has continued to go into games playing his cornerbacks 10 yards off the ball when they are consistently getting shredded underneath. And it's even more egregious that he decided the best way to play Drew Brees was to drop in a zone spot drop in a zone coverage all night mm -hmm. and rush four. When this pass rush hasn't gotten home, didn't get home against the Giants, the worst offensive line in the NFL, it wasn't successful. So you right. think four getting home against the best offensive line maybe in the NFL and the Saints. I just I don't know how you can realistically watch the Saints game plan for this, come out with that strategy. And, I mean, it was such a bad strategy. It's very rare, very rare that you don't see almost any unsuccessful play by another team's offense. There, there was almost no unsuccessful plays by the Saints tonight. Really, the was that egregious, especially the, the first half. The only thing were the two turnovers. That was the only thing the Saints did right. wrong. Right, and that was nothing schematically that happened. No. You know, that, I mean, the first half, you know, the Jared Cook fumble, there was an unsuccessful play by the Bucks defense that happened to have a good result because Jared Cook has always had ridiculously bad hands and ball control. You, you, you brought up, a, you brought up a, a good point against Drew Brees. Listen, there was a there was a time the Buccaneers uh, the start the third quarter. They get the turnover. They get down to the one yard line. We'll get into Byron's play calling because that was probably four of the worst play calls I've seen from the one yard line in in all of football. But they get the ball. They stop the Saints. The Saints get the ball on the one yard line coming out. It's third down and four, third down and six, or whatever it is. And and Carlton Davis is playing fifteen yards off the ball. I mean. You've got to be aware of the sticks. You know what? Who gives a damn if Drew Brees throws a 90-yard touchdown pass right there? Who cares? It's not going to happen You've, either. It's not going to happen because he can't throw it past the safety. Right. He might he's be able to throw it over to. the top of the cornerback, but he's not even going to attempt that throw. So you have what to in make the, him uncomfortable with his decision. They didn't make him uncomfortable no, at any point. No. And, and if you're, you know, if you're going to play – uh, if you're only going to rush four and you're going to drop, you know, guys back in coverage, you got to play them tight. There was just too many guys just wide open tonight. And 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 another thing that frustrated me and and Michelle Tafoya, I guess, asked Bruce about it at halftime. You know, there's some communication things we need to get straight on defense. I I can understand that on offense a little bit, right? Antonio Brown stopping and not going, or, or Tom Brady not finding Mike Evans. But there's no excuse for this defense halfway through the second year with virtually the exact same guys they had on the field last year having communication errors. It's just unacceptable. This team was not prepared to play football. It absolutely 1,000% goes back on the coaching staff. Yeah, I just cannot get over the fact that they there was no adjustment. I mean, they were getting shredded. You have to alert in your head, like every play for them is successful. I need to change something about my strategy. And he didn't change anything about his strategies. No. The game went on. No. It was the same John, thing. All John, let me ask you this. Down 31 nothing. Let me ask you this. What does Drew Brees do when he gets a little bit of pressure on the outside, like from his outside, from your edge guys? What does he do? Step he up steps up. Pocket. Steps up in the pocket. Where... And I understand Devin White's assignment was to stay on Alvin Kamara. You have to have somebody on this guy. But where were the A-gap blitzes from anybody? Why was there no pressure created up the middle? Again, you know, Bruce said in his post-game press conference, I don't know how many of our listeners heard him say it, but he yeah. said our plan was to, you know, play coverage exactly. and 
in our and try and get our front four home. Yeah, well, it wasn't working. Get front four home, <laughs> and, and and it wasn't working at any point. So why at that point don't you switch things up? Why don't you try? Wait, you're not going to come back when it's thirty-one-zero. It's just not going to happen. But I don't care if it is Tom Brady at quarterback. But Jesus, make it a little bit more competitive. You know, give your fans, the people, the national TV audience, something to you know, to, 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 to hang on to. I mean, this was difficult for us and it's our job to cover every single play of this game. It was difficult for me to continue to watch this football game. And it's been a long time since, since I've been able to say that because this was just an uncompetitive, poorly coached football team. Uh, and, and again, I'm, I'm trying not to be over emotional. Um, but, but man, it, it was bad. But, you know, fans know, you know, if you're coming here and if you're subscribing to the Peter Report podcast, you know, we are always going to call it like it is. You know, I mean, I don't emotions are definitely, you know, certainly part of it. I don't think any of us pretend, although we do our jobs professionally, we don't pretend that we don't want the box to win. Of course, we want them to win. You know, that I mean, I it helps us, right? The more wins, the more yeah. people come to the website. Right. Everybody's happy. It makes our job easier during the week. Right. But Plus, you, know, you get around a team and you have an affinity for them. Like, you right. know, if that's a problem with people, sue us. So we're going to say it like it is, but also we're going to do it, you know, level-headed and, and clear-minded sure. and professionally. And this is a game that it deserves. It has to happen. You know, there's no way you can come away from this game and not think coaching was the number one problem. And you mentioned Byron Leftwich. I just, you know, and I know you'll, I'll let you rant about his goal line play calls, which were ridiculous, but I don't understand how you come out in this game and you have nothing designed. I know Mike Evans might not be like the easiest guy, like you're not going to scheme Mike Evans a touch on a wide receiver screen or something like that, but you have to have better answers at this point in the season for getting Mike Evans involved. It shouldn't take until the second half to put Mike Evans in the slot. And while you're messing around with him in the first half, you're trying to get the ball to Ronald Jones and manufacture touches. The guy who's been benched the last two right. weeks for plays in the passing game. Right. Now do you have Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans? You want to get Ronald Jones the ball and spit like I just it's it, but it's but is that I, 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 I want to know though is that is that the play call or is that Brady, you know, giving up or or not giving up but but bailing out a no, little that, too soon and, and, and that using Ronald that safety Jones valve 14 was a design play code. The God, receivers coming off blocking just, and a, a design play. And then the screen that got tipped and it right. was, well, that was a fluke play for sure. But right, the process, right. like it's just the screens have been bad all year. We haven't seen here, here, one successful screen from this team. I'm going to say it. And, 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 and this is not going to be popular with, with people that one Buccaneer plays. Byron Leftwich is not a good enough offensive coordinator to win a Super Bowl. I don't think he can do it this year. He just got his ass handed to him by Sean Payton, uh, by Dennis Allen. And um, he, he's just not in that realm. I, I just, I mean, the, the talent is there, although we can start questioning now, is the talent there, particularly at certain positions on the offensive line? I know you don't beat well, up Donovan Smith there. as bad I, as me, but, yeah. but I, I mean, what for what, whatever reason, if, okay, if you know, if you know Donovan Smith is struggling as he went through a little stretch there, as he seems to every game, why are you not giving him help? Again, that goes back on coaching. That goes back on Byron Leftwich. Why are you not designing plays to help out certain guys to protect whatever weak link you may have? One week it may be uh, 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 Donovan Smith. One week it may be Tristan Wirfs that's got the toughest matchup. Whatever it is, you've got to look ahead. You've got to see that. and You've got to design plays. You've got to design blocking schemes. You've got to help 
those guys out. But they continued to just beat their head up against the wall over and over, thinking something was going to change. And it just wasn't going to change. I don't think Byron Leftwich is a good enough offense coordinator at this point in his career to win a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Yeah. I just don't. I, I mean, I hear you on that completely. It's probably been the number one thought in my mind, if I'm being honest, like evaluating this team from week one. The number one thought in my mind has been, are Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich good enough as offensive designers and as offensive play caller, you know, in, in the case of Leftwich? But obviously Arians has a lot of say in that from a game plan perspective too, especially early in the game. You know, uh, so are they good enough in that capacity for this team to win a Super Bowl? I have zero questions about the Bucks' talent level. Even after a game like this, they played poorly. Absolutely, that can happen over the course of a season. I have scouted and watched and studied these guys. I'm not saying there are any weaknesses, but there's more than enough talent, especially in a year like this where there's no dominant team. And look at the NFC. I mean, Seattle looks horrendous today. They can't stop anyone. Green Bay is losing to Minnesota, one in five, one in six Minnesota, whatever it was, uh, when they lost to them. And I know they they beat the 49ers up on Thursday night with, you know, with a preseason team in there. But, you know, I just, there's no great, you know, you look at the Saints tonight, they looked awesome. You know, all the rest of the season, they haven't looked that awesome. So which team are we getting? You know, you just never know. Bucks kill the Packers, but then they come out and look ridiculous tonight. And so it's just hard to know what you're ever getting. So I say yeah. all that to say the NFC is a level playing field. But what I think when I ask the question like about the Bucks and where they rank amongst those teams, for me, coaching is the big struggle point. And I don't think they're like a horribly coached team, but the Saints are a brilliantly coached team. Seattle is especially on offense. The Seattle has been a brilliantly run offense for most of the season. And so when you get into games like that, the Packers, the same thing, way more creative, way more dynamic. I know the Bucs took it to them. So that's hard for Bucs fans maybe to, to see and know, but that's why we look at big sample sizes. And to me, that's, the talent is definitely there for Tampa Bay, and there are certainly some good things they do. I don't want to throw – I definitely don't want to throw the baby out of the bathwater or anything like that when I talk about this, you know, and say this team doesn't have a chance or anything like that. I absolutely think that they do. You know, this season's a long season. This is one week. But I do think this week brings up some of the concerns that should exist long term. I said after the Bears game, I don't feel any differently about this team moving forward. I could tell the Bears game was just a bad game. Like, they had a million chances. There were tons of fluky things. It was just a bad game. This tonight, they just got destroyed by a team that's frankly just better than them and owns them and knows and that's how to more beat concerning. them. That's more concerning. Right. Exactly. This right. wasn't just a bad game where a couple bounces went the wrong way. They were beaten from the very first snap offensively until the very last snap when Jameis Winston kneeled down or, or Blaine Gabbard, whoever came in and kneeled down to end the game. I mean, they were just outcoached, um, outclassed, uh, outphysicaled, um, outmanned, whatever you want to say. I don't even say outmanned. Here's the deal. The Saints' defensive line wanted to kick the Bucks' offensive line's ass, and they did. And the Buccaneers' offensive line did not want to kick the Saints' defensive line's ass. I am such a simpleton. Y'all can laugh at me, my Plant City mentality. Look, man, football is a game of will. You impose your will, particularly in the trenches. And, and this offensive line was not tough enough tonight. They haven't been tough enough the last five games against the Saints. They did not play well against the same thing. You know, I felt they weren't uh, very physical against the Bears. Two very physical defensive lines the Buccaneers have faced three times this year, and those are the three losses. And I just, I don't know how it changes. You know, I'll, you know, we can say this too, John. The Buccaneers won a Super Bowl in 2002 and lost to the Saints in both games. Um, mm. The Saints weren't a very good football team, but I mean, okay, they lost to the Saints. You know, they yeah. were swept by the Saints and still won a Super Bowl. But this is a different, this is a much different Saints football team than we saw in 2002. And um, uh, I mean, maybe the Saints, 
get bounced out early in the playoffs like they have the last couple years, and that opens the door for, yeah, for I mean, you know a path. But if the Buccaneers have to play the Saints again, there's no way, no how, no chance that I would pick the Buccaneers to beat this football team. And I don't know that I can even consider picking them to beat Carolina. Um, Carolina has a physical front four, uh, and 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 they're going to get after it. They're going to see what the Saints did. They're going to. It's a copycat league. Matt Rule's not stupid, even though it's his first year in the league. Um, next week's game is 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 not. We chalk that up as a win early huge in the year, game. but yeah, uh, it's huge an absolutely game. huge game with with who the the Rams and then the Chiefs coming up after that. Right, I certainly think you could probably bet on a better Bucks performance in that game, but I still think the outcome will be up in the up in the air for a little while. But where the outcomes are up in the air, and you can still lay down big bets and potentially win big money, is with our friends over at my bookie. Late fall college football, the NBA bubble, and the UFC Fight Island. It's clear 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is at MyBookie, the doors never close so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code PEWTER, P-E-W-T-E-R, to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you are already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. Use that promo code PEWTER, P-E-W-T-E-R, when you sign up. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in the fun and win some cash while you're at it. And you know, not, that, I'm telling you, not many of the NBC analysts would have won much today with the way no. they bet. Yeah. Every single one of them picked the Bucks. I'm, I was I the only Peter reporter to pick the Saints in this? I don't. You know, and I, I picked the Buccaneers to win 31-30, but I'll be honest with you, John. Of course, it's easy to play revisionist here, but I was not comfortable with that pick at all. Um, I, yeah. I just wasn't. I just. I just I've seen the way that this team has played the Saints the last four times before this game, and it just was not a good matchup. It was just not a good matchup for this offense offensive line. And and again, I think it all comes down to that. I mean, we can we can say the Buccaneers defense got pushed around a little bit here and there, but I think they were doing kind of what they were coached. The Bucks offensive line just you know just could not handle what the Saints did, and the Saints didn't bring a ton of extra guys. I mean, they were just whipped up front. And, um, you know, we asked Bruce if, if not having Ali Marpet in there made any difference. And, and he's, he said he doesn't think Joe Haig played particularly bad. I'll have to look at the film. I don't think Joe Haig did. I mean, he gave up a few pressures, but mm, it was coming okay. from everywhere. Yeah. I mean, really, Tristan Wirfs at one point, John, I, I love, you know, you're going to break down the film and take a look at this offensive line, I know. But you're going to see a play in the second half where Tristan Wirfs, you know, for the first time this year, just gets pancaked, just gets overpowered. Now he trips on a guy and I don't know if it was Alex Kappa who's laying on the ground, but Tristan Wirfs just got planted by a, a, a Saints defensive end. And, and Donovan Smith, again, I know that you was give him a little bit Was it that play more. in the Donovan Smith where he got hit from behind maybe? Maybe, maybe Donovan so. It, it was it was right around that period, though. You'll see it. it it's, you know, it's it's 
it's something we really haven't seen from Tristan Wirfs. But uh, I'm going to say this too, and, and and people can hate me for this as as well. But uh, the Donovan Smith experience experiment's got to be over. It's been six years. He's he's just, you know, I mean, for the money that he's due next year, um, I I think the Buccaneers can can do something a little bit different. I really do. It's just, you know, it's just frustrating to watch him have those periods where. You know, he'll go through stretches where he plays fairly well. John, I texted you during the thing. Every offensive line coach that Donovan Smith has had, we've interviewed him in the offseason, they all say the same thing. Donovan Smith can be as good as Donovan Smith wants to be, but it's up to Donovan Smith. He has the tools to be better than he is. And I have a feeling that he's going to be the worst graded offensive lineman, probably worse than, than, uh, than Haig when the PFF grades come out tomorrow. Yeah, he's so many of the same issues that just kind of don't really get better. I'm actually surprised he has as much success as he does playing well for those stretches of games. He just kind of like has this two-handed punch that he just falls in love with. I mean, he just overuses the heck out of the thing. And Trey Hendrickson's always ready for it, and that's why I think he gives him issues uh, in a game like this. You know, I mean, yeah, Donovan just has his ups and downs. Like, that's the thing. And, you know, I mean, I know he's kind of guy that's probably going to be hated no matter where he goes because he's going to have some ugly reps, and really that's the only time offensive linemen get noticed, and he's going to pick up some penalties. And really, that's you know, most fans only pay attention to a guy when they when they get beat or when something negative happens. You know, I think he's a he's around a league average starter at left tackle, and you know, you're obviously paying him like a like a really good one, and so it, it comes down to cost allotment and, and whether you would, can feel like you can replace that. He, the he tricky be, part is you can't have a hole there. You can't like. No, I mean, sign somebody off the him. street well, with you can't bench, last year. You can't bench him right now. You know, I mean, I think I think you have to wor- move Worfs over and and then uh, and, and then find your right tackle in, in the offseason next year, whether it's via, via the draft, uh, the offseason Which trader, that, yeah, that's, or free agent. Yeah. But you know, at the Buccaneers that's a whole other conversation too, because Worfs right. only played a left tackle a little bit in college, and it wasn't his better side. And you know, can he make that switch? Isn't just automatic. No, and he's I so agree. good at right tackle when he faces, you know, and you can't arguably better can't, pass rushers over there. So and he, he can't do it mid season. I mean, that's that would be right, asking right. too much for him to do as well. So and Donovan, I mean, like I don't want to. Donovan has not been a pro. Like he's not anywhere close. In my opinion, he's not anywhere close to like talking about benching him or anything like that. No. Like that. He's I mean, just, there are you know, he's some just people who would like to. Didn't have a great but, game, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some but people th- always like to. But, but the thing is, this is the same thing we've seen from Donovan Smith though for years, and um, you know. I would rather have a less talented but a more consistent guy at left tackle than a guy with all the potential in the world who plays like a potential pro bowler for a couple games at a time and then just craps the bed from time to time as well. I mean, just the consistency. And and Tom Brady's going to die. He's going to die at some point if the offensive line doesn't get better. I mean, he is 43 years old. I don't care how many vitamins he takes and how much hot yoga he does uh, and how many massages he gets from Giselle. The bottom line is is he's still 43 years old and, and you know, many more games like like today, and 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 the whole season could be over. And you made a good point in your game changer. Why in the hell is Bruce Arians still playing him when the game's thirty-one zero at that point? Oh my gosh! I mean, because uh, I mean, if, like, if he does what? go down, any chance of anything happening in the postseason is over with. So right. You know, you gotta I, think about the big picture, man. Like it, what right. he said after the post, what after the game was so irresponsible too. Like yeah. he's like he's a quarterback. We got to put points on board. No, dude. Like your responsibility right. is to do what's best for your team long term. Right. right. If you can't put aside emotions and make a best decision for the health and the well being of your team moving forward long term in the season, then you shouldn't be making those decisions. You know period. what? If, if this is the Super Bowl. Shit, blame. Who cares? All right. If he gets right. hurt, you yeah. get the whole offseason to get better, but not, not in week eight. I mean, not we're not in week nine. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you get can't him out do of that. there. Like, 
I know everybody's well, he's end up being okay. He took four shots he never should have yeah. taken on that drive. And it's just luck that one of those isn't a, isn't an ugly one. Like that's right. how quarterbacks get hurt because of luck. That's that's honestly what happens. Yeah. And so you're putting yourself in a situation where you're allowing luck to dictate how the rest of your season is going to go. That's bad. That's bad coaching. It's bad decision making. It's bad leadership, frankly, is what it is. It goes beyond just coaching X's and O's types of stuff. But it's bad leadership because you couldn't put aside your emotions as a coach to do what's best for your players and best for your team long term. And so that's a problem. Yeah, I'm not saying it's like a it's a problem that's going to sustain itself, and manifest itself in every game. But it's the same thing with a challenge. Like it's a dumb challenge. Right. Like he, he challenges things out of his gut. In all honesty, emotional reaction. He maybe should have challenged the third down play. Right. I thought that was a, a, a bad spot. I, you know, it probably should have been a half yard back. I mean, yeah. if you're going to challenge one of those two plays. The third down play would have made more sense to me um, because that was a situation where it wasn't 22 guys piled on top of each other. That was an open right. field spot that could easily be seen a lot more than 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 in the scrum on that fourth down carry. But right. um, it's anyway. just one of those things that you're the head coach. Like in Cobb Jay's exactly right. Uh, Bruce's pure emotions. That's why some of the worst challenges. Like and I don't. I disagree with all the people in the comments say Bruce has to be fired. Blah blah blah. And like no. we're not anywhere. We're not having that conversation at all right now. No, this the is a six and three. This is a six <laughs> and three football team. I mean, right. do, we not, do we not? Do we not remember the, the the five and elevens and the two and fourteens with yeah. uh, under Lovey? Two five and elevens with Dirk, a seven and nine last year. No, and, no. And I mean, I'm not can't. even saying. I'm not even saying that has to be the standard necessarily. But at the same time, like I'm saying, we got to evaluate. Like we got a long more way to go to evaluate yeah. this guy. I mean, Bucks have been Bucks have been having a great season. They had a horrible game tonight. There could be issues from this game moving forward. This game could be indicative of issues that they'll have moving forward. We need a larger or, sample size to be making, or, making those. Or kind of it could decisions. be exactly what this team needed. It could be exactly what this team needed. I mean, yeah. sometimes you start reading your own headlines. Sometimes you start watching Good Morning Football. Sometimes you spend a little too much time on social media talking about all of your great plays the week before. Sometimes you just need a wake-up call. Not normally this bad of a wake-up call. You don't want to get beaten and just you know abused. But I talked about it. Until the Buccaneers beat the Saints, they're going to be the second-class citizens of the NFC South. The bullies, the Tried to take the Buccaneers' lunch money. The Buccaneers tried to fight back, and the bully punched him square in the mouth. I don't know how that changes, um, but you know you can't you can't fire the coach midseason, and you can't you know bench Donovan Smith. I mean that's just over emotional reactions from from yeah, us. Yeah. Although we might scream that in the middle of the game. I mean, I at one point thought to myself, you know, geez, you know, throw anybody in there, but you know that's not very smart. It's just right. me being over emotional <laughs> at that point. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it is it's it's one of those things that you know it's it's you have to be able to you can be extremely upset about the game. You can think about things long term. You have to be able to think about like the larger sample size of what's happened here this season and more good than bad has happened, obviously, but this was bad. And we're talking about tonight and in the context of tonight, I just have a hard time getting past coaching. I have a hard time getting past the fact that I don't feel like players were in a position to succeed very much. I have a hard time getting past the fact that I know we haven't even talked about Tom Brady and we should talk about Tom Brady, yeah. but it is hard for me to like, really be able to criticize Tom Brady when I don't feel like he had a fighting chance in this game. I mean, the intercept, the screenplay I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the holding on Donovan Smith, putting him in second and 20, and then the play right. calls thereafter. Like, there's no, he's but, not in position to succeed. But, Think about the tip pass on the screen is an yeah. interception that never should have occurred. The, the second interception of the game, Antonio Brown has no idea what route he's running, and it's on coaches 
did not put him in the game. I know that's your move. That's your big right. move. And you can't wait to get your shiny toy out on the field. But if he's not ready, wide receiver isn't an issue on this team. They have well, tons of guys who can play. Put somebody in who knows the plays. He, he had a good week of practice, John. I mean, he had a walkthrough on Wednesday, uh, you know, a practice on Thursday, a walkthrough again on Friday. And he must have impressed the coaches because, uh, you know, sometimes coaches and, and front offices want to justify, um, you know, the decisions and if Antonio Brown would have came out and had 120 yards receiving, then the the noise of of his transgressions and those things, people kind of tend to forget and forgive a little bit. So uh, I don't know if it was them trying to force it. Tom Brady wants to look good in this situation. He's like, you know, hey, I brought this guy into my house. I'm the one that's been wanting him to be on this team. I've been, you know, so I'm going to try yeah. and get him the football. In the meantime, your best receiver on your football team is not even getting a target in the first half. It's just inexcusable. Yeah. I mean, we talk about Mike Evans being a great guy. And, and not getting frustrated a couple more games like this meaning when they're getting their asses kicked and they're scoring three points i would be upset if i'm mike evans and and if i'm tom brady i'm going into the office tomorrow and i'm like look byron here's the deal you know i we, we've got to come up with better game plans and uh i'm not saying tom brady should be calling the plays but at the sure. same time i don't know how much input he has but i think he needs a, a better input because it just wasn't just wasn't right. a very good. And, and one other thing we were talking about, and I texted this during the thing too, and I know there's nothing we, the Buccaneers can do about it at this point, but um, but this goes back to coaching. Designing plays for these running backs in the passing game is foolish. There's not anybody except for LaShawn McCoy, who we haven't even seen in the last few weeks, who can make a guy miss in the open field. Every time Leonard Fournette, he might run over a guy, right? He might break that tackle. But Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette get tackled in the open field 99% of the time. And I understand Tom Brady is used to having running backs that are extensions of the running game who can make things happen, uh, but he doesn't have a roster of those guys right now. And last thing, and I'll, I'll let you go. I'm not going to let you go, but I'll let you wrap it up or however long we're going to go here. But here's the thing. that's There were five rushes in this game, and one of them was a kneel down. It was an NFL record for the fewest amount of rushes in an NFL football game. I mean, I get wow. that you're down and you got to get into the two minute offense because we asked Bruce about that. But uh, you know, you you've got to, you know, play action doesn't work if you don't ever run the football. If you only run it three times through three, they and didn't half have quarters, a shot tonight though, right? You know, I mean, how, they were down their first four I, possessions. They allowed touchdowns. I know. I agree, and <laughs> so, could have been. Could have been more if 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 Jared Cook goes out a hold on to the football. I mean, yeah, yeah, four or five possessions, I guess. Yeah, no, just, I, I mean, it, it's hard. I mean, I thought you know they all, and then they run the ball well, but Donovan Smith called for holding, and we never got to see the replay. I thought one call holding call against him earlier this year was complete bogus, so we don't ever got to see the replay. So I'll watch it on the tape and see. But you know, I'm not saying it was or wasn't. But I, I this laughed. I laughed at this. Cobb J says we should have made the game plan around Jaden Mickens. That seemed to work well against the Giants. But that's a funny thing. Everybody's talking about the Giants. You know, the Giants play, played better defense this year than the Saints. And I know people don't maybe think of that because the Giants have such a bad record. But last week when the Bucks offense, and again, they scored on you know a lot of their last five of their last six possessions or something like that in that game. And, you know, they should have finished in the end zone a little more often for sure. But I think the Giants were a tough test. And I said that before the game. I thought I picked, predicted the final score would be 24 to 9 in that game. And I thought that the, that the, the Bucks uh, offense would, uh, would struggle in that game and, and have to find their way late, which they did. The thing I didn't anticipate was the defense playing as poorly as they have, right. as they did in that game. And they have really, they didn't play well against the Raiders that got out of hand because late because of the Bucks offense. But that was a, 
one score game late in that fourth quarter, you know, early in the fourth quarter too. They, the Bucks defense didn't play well. Uh, they didn't play well against the Giants and they played one of the worst games I really honestly have ever seen. But I, again, I think that it's coaching more than it's players. I mean, there are weaknesses of certain players. I've written at length about these. Jamel Dean has to start, stop biting on double moves. Like there's no question about it. Devin White is bad in coverage right now. Jordan Whitehead has his limitations, but every defense has those. I think at the end of the day, how do you use those guys? And right now the scheme, unless Todd Bowles changes his coverage schemes and, and I mean, I don't think it's necessarily his fault. They can't get pressure with four, um, but unless he changes those coverage schemes, I think you're going to continue to lean on four as a, pa- as a pass rush group. And it's not going to be successful for you. You just can't win that way when your group isn't very dominant. Like theirs isn't in, Zone against Breeze, period, was a bad idea. I'm not saying you could never run zone coverage. I'm right. just saying, like, yeah, the fact that they did wasn't even mixing bit. it up. Like, yeah, it's just it's it egregious just, it just to me. I thought it seems so, so clear and obvious that when you're facing Drew Breeze, there's not a better, and he's better than Tom Brady at picking apart zone defenses. There's not been a better quarterback that I've seen that if you give him time, won't pick apart a defense. And uh, even better than Tom Brady when it comes to to, to those zones. Um, Tom Brady's got six Super Bowls. Drew has one, but I would still take Drew if we're strictly doing a a, a competition on picking apart zones. I just don't understand. I just don't understand the 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 sit back and and hope your front four get there because they haven't proven to be able to do it all year with just four. I mean, yeah. Jason Pierre Paul has, I guess, six and a half sacks, and Shaq did pick up one today, but it was just one that. Yeah, you know, but and, and everybody matter. knows, right? People know if they've seen those sacks. I mean, Shaq Barrett's sacks, I mean, we use a couple have just been ridiculous. I mean, they're not even one. He had the quarterback slid down, and he happened to be the closest guy behind. I forget which game it was, even. I think I don't even remember, yeah. but it was like quarterback slid down yeah, next yeah, to yeah. It was the Broncos game, and he got a credit for a sack. I'm like, you know, it's yep. it, so it just hasn't been, you know, those guys haven't won one on one, you know, and, and you can look at certain numbers but even pressures a lot of time those occur when the quarterback holds the ball too long and eventually you get free you know you get a pressure well it doesn't mean you had a great pass rush or beat your guy one-on-one really um could be on the quarterback not necessarily anything right. you did and so yeah that's just not been a dominant enough performance from those guys and uh, i think pass rush is is probably their number one need going in need quote unquote you know we'll see uh going into the offseason that they, they need to find more more pass rushes and obviously yeah t- t- tim is right here when he says that no Vita Vea hurts the pass rush a lot. No, no doubt. The Bucs have no interior pass rush right now. And because right. they don't have a third edge rusher, they can't kick Jason Pierre-Paul in there enough to be able to be a, a rusher in there. So and that's where they have they to use the linebackers. And, but in a game yeah. like this, where they know that the Saints are going to use Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, they know they're going to put 45 on him all night long. But you know what? Again, I, I almost say, okay, if Kamara beats you catching a screen pass and taking 80 yards, uh, if if you blitz Devin White, so be it. At least you you know you've given an effort. I mean, just if not, Drew Brees is going to sit there and just pick you apart. He's patient. He doesn't force the ball. He's going to take what the defense gives him, and he's just too smart. And and he was just too smart for Todd Bowles today. Um, speaking of coverages, John, I've been warning you guys about hurricane season not being over. We've got a storm out there right now. I don't know if they can still write coverage, but I would call Briar Greaves first thing tomorrow if you have any questions about your coverage. Briar Greaves Insurance Agency has been family-owned for three generations, 30 years of serving the greater Tampa Bay area. Nothing stays in business for 30 years unless they do a hell of a job. They're an award-winning agency. They'll handle your home, auto, boat, life, flood, commercial, 
Call and speak with Sam or Briar for that personalized touch. You can give them a call, 813-876-4166. Again, 813-876-4166. Even if you don't own a home, uh, you need life insurance. And, and you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm young. I'm not going to die for another 40 years. The best time to buy insurance, life insurance, is young. You can get term insurance for next to nothing, but you got to call Briar Greaves to do it. Uh, but they can take care of you in all aspects of all of your insurance. Don't forget that. There's plenty of companies that have been canceling policies throughout Florida. Briar Greaves works with a ton of different lines of insurance. They'll find you the right policy for the best price. Even if you have coverage right now, give them a call. Just let them see what they can do. They save Scott Reynolds money. They've saved me money in the past. They take care of me on my insurance end, and now Scott Reynolds as well. John, we're going to get you to give them a call at some point, too. Oh, yeah. They're going to save me money in the future. They are. 813-876-4166. 813-876-4166. Or go online, briargreavesinsurance.com. Lots to take away from this game, Mark. Uh, I want to forget about really, it. Really I want to. I want to be like Bruce. I want to like forget about it tomorrow. You know, and unfortunately, yeah. we're not going to be able to. It, for no, the players, we're actually going to be. We're going to be on here talking about it tomorrow uh, on the Peter Report podcast. Four PM. Yeah. We'll be live. Um, we'll be have some more thoughts. Up. Get to view a little bit of the tape. You have to look at the numbers, look at the snap counts, look at some of the uh, some of the deeper numbers coming out of the game, and uh, talk to you all about it tomorrow at four PM. Uh, here we'll be live again. If you're just tuning in, you're like, man, this podcast is pretty cool. Like I could hear these guys rant and rave a little bit more. Subscribe, Pewter Report Podcast, Pewter Report TV on YouTube. Subscribe, hit that bell, get the notifications for when we go live. If you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, show us some love, but still hit that subscribe over it over at YouTube for sure. But hit that, uh, hit the likes and the hearts and all that. Uh, bump our bump us up. I think that does something for us. I'm not really sure what. Uh, and the super chat donations are much appreciated as well. I know we had. A couple tonight too so we thank y'all uh for that uh been a lot of fun big picture mark big picture from here they play the panthers next week then another dreaded night game against the rams on monday night football then the chiefs uh, a four o'clock game uh doesn't get much time panthers played great against the chiefs today that offense looks serious the bucks yeah. defense didn't exactly play lights out against them the first time around and right. i'd say both the panthers offense is trending up since then bucks defense trending down since then and so it will be it'll be very interesting to see how that second matchup goes we'll obviously have a lot of time to get into the details of it but it becomes a really important game for the bucks because the chiefs and the rams are going to be tough ones and and even at the end of the season uh, you know closing out minnesota is not your typical two and five team um you know now what are they three and five i don't know what they are three and five three and six they've won a couple in a row yeah. three and six yeah um but they <laughs> They're, they're not your typical team with that kind of a record. They're dangerous, and they have a lot of weapons, right. and, and they're going to figure some things out. I don't know if they'll be a playoff team and be able to climb out of that hole, um, but they're they're going to be a tough team. And so um, you know that's a team that they have to play, and they have to play Atlanta twice, and Atlanta's not easy for anybody. They've, no, they've, they've lost mean, a ton of games because they're Atlanta, but but they're loaded with talent Morris, on offense. Better. I mean, they're, yeah. they're just absolutely loaded, you know, obviously right. the receiver position and, and, and the quarterback, uh, so they're a dangerous team as well. There's not – you know, there's not any easy games, you know, coming up, particularly for the Buccaneers. Uh, I would venture to say that this this Panthers game might be tougher than the uh, than than the Rams game the following week. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the Rams Maybe. don't scare me as much as the Panthers because it's the second time around. Matt Rule gets his second chance at this this mm -hmm. Buccaneer offense. There's, um, you know, eight nine games on tape or whatever it is now. So, yeah. um, you know, the we'll see. Thing I, for me. 
You can't get out. Here's the deal, Todd Bowles. You can't get out coached by a rookie head coach. You just can't. That just can't happen. You can't. Yeah, it you just can't happen. Up. Yeah, you've got to show up for sure. the young boys in the in the NFC South who the boss is, and and you've got to come up with a hell of a lot better game plan than you did tonight. Yeah. And Joe Gilbert and and Harold. Uh, Godwin, Goodwin. I'm sorry, I always mix those up with Chris. It, you know, they got a lot of fire under these guys' asses. They got to just put, you know, show them like, you know, we're, we're not successful if Tom Brady doesn't have time to throw the football. We're just not. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever we got to do, maybe more max protect. Maybe they have too many weapons, right? Maybe, you know, I mean, here's the, and think about this: they weren't able to bring in that extra offensive lineman because Joe Haig was playing for Ali Marpet. So, um, you know, they're going well, to have. I'll just, say this. I'll say this in, in reference to what you're talking about. Like if they're going to bring, if they're going to have run four wide receiver sets, which I love, they right. need to be able, they need to run shorter route combinations. They're yeah. running these super long route combinations. Brady ends up looking silly because he's holding the ball so long, but they're running right. super long route combinations down in a game. You have to chip away. You are no team. They're going to be playing too deep. They're going to be dropping. They're going to be playing quarters coverage. You're not going to have success down the field the way that you want to late in a game like that. So you've got to be able to take and pick apart teams underneath and have route combinations that are getting open a lot quicker. And that's not something that's happened for the Bucs right now. And if you have four wide receivers, great. But if you have four wide receivers and you're running four verts every play and your offensive line is to hold up against the pass rush that's coming, you're going to end up seeing the ball in Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones' hands as check downs underneath a lot more than you should. And it's already a reason that's happened. So it's definitely something they need to be able to put together drives a little bit more effectively. And part of that is going to be route combinations getting open in the short game. And I know you mentioned earlier, you know, you don't put this on Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady does deserve a little bit of the blame here. Um, uh, I think there were a few times when he panicked a little bit, bailed a little bit too soon with his checkdowns, not letting plays develop downfield, but he wasn't particularly sharp. I mean, I understand there was a pass rush there, but this guy's played 20 years in the league. He's faced plenty of pass rushes before. He had a couple opportunities to to make some throws. Um, the, the one to Gronk on that fourth down. I mean, he just overthrew him. I mean, he had mm-hmm. time on that to make that throw. Yes, he was getting some pressure, but again, if there was one particular play. I think it was on a third down, and I can't remember who it was. It might have been Gronk, um, but it was a crossing route, and it was on the other side of the sticks, and he just threw it behind just a little bit, which is not like Tom Brady. He just wasn't, you know, quite as sharp as he's been. When you know, I, I hate to say he has to be perfect, but on nights like this, when protection isn't going to be great, and and the other the defense isn't playing particularly well, you know, that's one reason he's here. He's one reason why he's the goat. I mean, take the team on your back and and tote them across the finish line, but. Again, I'm not going to beat him up too bad, although he's going to be on the most disappointing list. I'm just going to say it right now. Scott agrees. Yeah. You don't agree. I'm putting him on the list. Who? End I don't agree day, with who? Tom Brady being on the disappointing list. Oh, I agree or completely. Okay. I, <laughs> I think everybody on the team should be on the disappointing well, list. Well, that's true. I don't think we should have a most impressive article. I said that. I was like, but yeah. I wasn't kidding. I don't think, I don't know that anyone deserves to be on that. Mike Edwards, maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I thought, De- I thought okay. De- just because they Devin never White, deep, Devin White had 11 tackles at halftime. You know what I mean? He, I think, he can't he give up two touchdowns. He can't cover anybody. It's egregious. They go after him constantly. I, I'm well, so frustrated with Devin. I mean, you have to again, be able to cover his linebacker in today's NFL. Like, well, that's true. But I think I don't know. I think, I think, I think Todd Bowles could help him out a little bit. I don't I didn't think Carlton had his best game today either, but you know, he wasn't wasn't awful. Uh, I, I don't think Winfield played awful either. But again, it's yeah, just I mean, no one they'll view. throw anything downfield. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. Off. That's he it. Got to and again, that, and run support. 
that makes it even more frustrating. They don't throw the ball down the field, and yet on third down and six, with the Saints pinned back on their own goal line, you're playing ten yards off. Yeah. Uh, no, this was the only game I would sense. say. This is the only game I would say that Brady. I would say that Brady's played poorly since he's been. Yeah. Like I think other times when people have said it, I've you know. I just don't right. think he was very good tonight. I don't think anything was very good. I don't think he was in position to succeed. I think he was in bad spots the entire night. I don't think he overcame those things. So I guess in that context, you would say that he played bad. Is he on my list of concerns moving forward? Absolutely no, not. I'm not worried no. about Tom Brady at not all. Not at all. Um, you know, there are other things I'm worried about that I've talked about on this show. You know, I tend to focus like what's what's this long term, like what's gonna be an issue? Like Tom Brady, yeah, is he gonna be an issue if it's twenty eight to nothing? and everybody's playing deep and you're running only deep route combinations and guys are teeing off on your offensive line because they know the score. You're like, yeah, okay. Then, but you know, in general, right. I tend to think about like, you know, what's, what can be preventative to, to make inputting players in better positions to succeed. And so thinking about it that way. Yeah. I mean, I think that long-term, yeah, the coaching's got to take a strong look in the mirror because they are, to me, they're the, they're the biggest problem tonight. So I think that that's the, that's the group that has to look at themselves and evaluate how they're going to fix this thing moving forward. All right. Well, is that it? Did we want to wrap it it. down? Wrap it. All right, we're going to wrap it. We want to thank Manscaped. We want to thank Briar Greaves. We want to thank MyBookie.ag for being proud sponsors of the Pewter Nation. I'm sorry, I almost said Pewter Nation. We've changed it. just a Pewter Report podcast. (laughs) But anyway, for John Ledyard, I'm Mark Hooks, and we'll see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock with another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.